Welcome to the Deep Ruth Podcast, where conversations happen with real men around real questions about their real lives. So let's get digging. Um, so anyway, tell me, what does it mean to you to be a good person? Uh, so it, it's funny because um, I tried not to think too much about it, but I couldn't help myself. And then this morning, kind of uh, as I was, you know, doing my kind of home workout thing because it's too cold now. I started thinking about like if I could summarize it in, in not in a sentence, but just in a few words, right? And it got thinking to me like, hey, am I even a good person? I said, well, I'm working towards that, right? And every thought that I had kept converging towards um, just dialing up the gain, sorry for the engineering (laughs) talk, but that dial of empathy, right? Put it to the max and try to put yourself in the shoes of others, but more specifically in the shoes of others that are um, more vulnerable than you, right? Or, or, or less privileged, for lack of a better term. And yeah, and so, I mean, that spans across a number of different things that I find myself questioning about what I used to think in the past, right? And so things about, you know, socioeconomic places and things about, you know, racial and gender and um, LGBTQ rights and just all kinds of different equity problems that exist in the society. And so it's like, well, if you're a good person, you need to take a, a strong stance on those things, right? And, and then not necessarily become like militant about it, but make sure that you're doing the work to understand and and have awareness and then spread that awareness to others. So I said one sentence that was like 20 sentences. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it started off with the idea of just uh, upping the empathy in your life, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's interesting. I think for me, empathy is definitely a component of being a good person, but I wouldn't pin it solely on empathy Mm -hmm. so can you be a good person without empathy Hmm. (laughs) um it's funny you ask that so so kind of early on in my career i I, as a lot of us do right we do these profile tests right these like personality tests and so came back but not only did it come back but it's like hey hr wants to talk to you about it and i'm like okay (laughs) and so when we opened it up, it was basically, I had scored so low on empathy that it like raised flags with HR because everything else was like well aligned with what they had assessed as kind of my temperament and character and you know information processing capabilities and all these other different suitability buckets. But that one, the empathy was like, we need to talk to you. <laughs> and did, were they worried you were like a what is it? Is the sociopath or yeah? Well, they didn't say that, mm. and I I wouldn't have known at the time. Like I literally 
you know, it was my first job, right? And it was the first time kind of interacting with others in a professional standpoint or, or scenario. Uh, and then it kind of got me thinking, like, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, I had a lot of empathy and I thought I could connect with others. And so you're right, I, I can you be a good person with such low empathy? I'm not saying that, that I, you know, I, I read took tests and now I'm, I'm good on the empathy spectrum. Are you actually good or did you learn how to answer the questions? <laughs> so w- w- what I thought it was, or, or I think how I justified it to myself and to my therapist was more, I think at the time I was answering what I thought the corporate answers should have been. Um, and so I, I guess, you know, this kind of um, concept like the self-concept of my corporate persona translated into, well, you know, this psychological profile says that a corporate person, according to Diego, should have very low empathy, um, which I, you know, 10 years later, I find that that's totally not true, right? And I've discovered that I do have empathy, or at least my therapist said that I did. I mean, so I, I find that surprising because we've only really kind of reconnected in the last couple of weeks, right? But I find you to be a very empathetic, not that I'm the judge on this, but I find you to be a very empathetic person, right? And if anything, Thanks. what we've talked about, um, regardless, if or whether it was your life or career or whatever it is, your passions, there is an awareness of empathy in there. And especially when it comes to your work, which is why that jumped out at me, because, you know, we talk about the social causes, we talk about all these mm-hmm. things and how to be closer with your team. And... To me, that that needs empathy. That needs that awareness. It's not that cold, hard steel mask of just walking in, getting stuff done. You know, cutthroat. Uh, don't come across like that at all. Yeah, thanks, Martin. And I think you know, uh, like I said, right? I went on this kind of introspective journey, and what I think it was, like I said, I was kind of giving those answers that I thought they wanted to hear from, like a quote-unquote corporate persona. And then I also got me think. It, it also got me thinking about this. I would say like an, an intensive crash course on empathy or, or connecting with people. That is the immigrant experience, right? You know, arriving to Montreal at 15 years old and having to kind of simultaneously learn different languages and wear different hats depending who you spoke to. If I was speaking to um, you know, a, a Burlen French Canadian or, or, or a Anglo Montrealer or a fellow immigrant from different parts of the world, which everybody brings their own different baggage. And so that, at least to me, is what, um, or, or that's the reason that I think that, that, that I was able to work on that empathy side because I was through my formative years, you know, from 15 to, let's say from, you know, when I arrived to university, kind of those five years, um, having to like learn on the spot, right? And, and that, you know, we can come up with all the different people from all the different walks of life that you can come across in, a, in such a cosmopolitan place like Montreal. Um, and, so yeah, I, I found that at least, you know, personally and the way I feel that that was how I was kind of shaped, right? 
So I like the expression of, uh, you know, carved in South America, but then polished in, in Montreal. Because that did... Do like a snowman a, thing, like building the components out of snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so then for you, I, yeah, I guess going back is, can you be a good person without empathy in that case? Um, or does that really require I don't think you that you like, can. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my, I, I, that's how I feel, right? Uh, so I, I've had instances, and I apologize in advance, a lot of these examples are going to be from professional life because as sad as that sounds, that's like, you know, the only people. That, that I mean, it's not sad. Not. That's our life, right? I mean, our work You're is right, a huge yeah. component of what we do and who we are. No, and, and thank you for, for saying that. And so you're right, it's not sad. Um, but, but So I've had instances where I've met people, right? And, and you kind of get that first read. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is a good guy or this is a good gal. And then others that I'm close with that know the individuals, they tell me, like, mm, just be careful. Like, you, you'll t- take your time before assessing or before, you know, adjudicating. And uh, oftentimes what raised flags was that at some point through that process of getting to know them, there was a like a super selfish, super narcissistic moment from them that to me demonstrated a either lack of empathy, like pure non-existent or just very low and then I was like yeah I don't know how I feel about this person anymore yeah and it almost it looks like a sense of disappointment as well exactly yeah Yeah. and and disappointment and just esteem and respect for that person totally goes you know way below where it was so so then for because we would all have different weights about I guess what is important in meeting someone so for you how important is it for the person to be a good person? It depends if I want to, it's important if the plan is to keep that person in my life. Right. Mm. And so if I want to build a longstanding personal relationship with the person, then it's super important that they're good to me. Right. Um, If they're not, then, Hey, we can keep a professional relationship. Right. But you're not, you know, the person that I'm going to open up to and talk about the things that I really care about. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be able to show that they're able to receive that from you. Yeah. And, and that, that may sound a little pedantic, like, Ooh, you got to earn my, my stories, right. Or, or earn the right to hear my, my deepest thoughts. Um, but in a way it's like, yeah, I mean, why would I go there mm-hmm. if, if you're not, willing to reciprocate in a sense yeah or receive it in an appropriate manner right true it yeah how better they take it and twist it in as well mm-hmm. um so what steps do you take for yourself how do you how do you work on being a better person so you did say for example try to up empathy and get involved with these causes or spread awareness mm-hmm. is something i did um enjoy and picked up on as, as fluffy as it sounds kind of practice what you preach so whenever there's any situation where I'll use a word that I learned from you. Uh, when I get a kind of this, this um, somatic reaction, try to pinpoint 
what that means and why I reacted that way, right? Um, and so oftentimes, the ones that have, um, I'd say, the most impact or that teach me the most about, hey, am, am I being a good person or not, is where there's this, uh, like an attack on my ego type of thing, right? If I feel like whatever situation happens or, or whatever thing was said, if I somehow feel like there's this physiological response, that's a flag for me that, okay, I should go in and dig deeper there and figure out um, why I felt that way. Because oftentimes it's <laughs> when you start digging deeper and deeper, that's like, oh shit, if I hadn't explored that, then that would kind of be a barrier towards me trying to become a better person or be a good person. And what is this, what is this gut feel or what does this body feel, feel like for you? Well, it depends. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, like stress in the pit of your stomach or mm. sometimes it's anger. And then, you know, my, my eye starts twitching type of thing, but, but it's always different, right? It, it's mm. not always the same feeling. And to your question about doing that work to be that better person is to take a minute and not react right away, right? Like take a minute and, and absorb that, right? And kind of say, ooh, this feeling or thought just came to be. And, you know, sooner than later, it will stop being. And so where is that coming from, right? And, and why did I feel that way? And oftentimes, like I said, it's something about the ego, right? That, hey, I felt slighted, right? Or that shouldn't be said to me, right? Or, or, or that sounds unfair or that, that feels unwarranted. And whenever there are those thoughts of whenever I feel like judging something, that's where I kind of have to stop myself and say, okay, why do I feel that way? Why do I, why do I have to judge something or someone and then explore that i think what i love about those uh, there's two things that you said that jumped out at me and one is how kind of being a good person is you feel it right you feel when it's something is going against it or you feel when you're being pushed to and then this goes into the second point to make a choice right and kind of like what your default reflex is might not actually be what you choose to do later and not necessarily mm -hmm. what lines up with what you would say is being a good person so one is that like somehow our body knows <laughs> and if, if you're able to listen to that you're able to listen to the stress or the eye twitch or something it gives you a signal of maybe there's a decision moment here and two is that it's a choice it's how am i going to react to this and like you said letting that initial initial reflex pass yeah, clear. and, and I guess where to go from there. And maybe to, to illustrate that better with a an example, we, my wife and I, moved to a different city not that long ago, and I would often have this, and, and this is like you know we can go on a, on a very long tangent to talk about that, but um, there was this really ugly, almost like. Porn. I don't know if that's the word, but um, I wouldn't go as far as saying disgust, but like I was not a good person when I came across 
people in the streets, whether they were, you know, homeless or vagrants or for whatever reason, and they're asking for money or for something, my reflex, and this was not that long ago, my reflex was like, shit, you know, we live in Canada. These people could go to school if, if they wanted to because of all the, you know, government programs that are out there to, to help people better themselves. And all they have to do is like pick up themselves by the bootstraps and, and um, you know, and then my wife would get super agitated, right? And mad at me. It's like, you don't realize like, that makes no sense. Like what you're saying there, you don't know their story. You don't know why they're there. And I'm like, I don't care. Uh, they shouldn't be in that, you know, they should be able to do, like I said, right? Pick up, them, pick themselves up by the bootstraps. And then, and I, like I said, that wasn't that long ago, but then through, again, just exploring those feelings and, and with a lot of help from my wonderful wife, understanding that, man, there's a lot of things that are coming from a place of like privilege, right? Like I didn't, I don't re- didn't realize how lucky and fortunate I was to be born into the family that I was born into, into the social economic situation that I grew up in. And, you know, with all these fortunes or blessings that allowed me to, to pick myself up by the bootstraps, right? With a lot of help that I didn't even realize. And so, like, I was not a good person when I was saying that and thinking that. And now, you know, after a lot of thought and, and work and, again, dialing up that empathy, I realized that, man, that there's a... Those people need help. That They don't need my scorn or my disgust. Um, and so, you know, you can take that example and spread it into different aspects and buckets that I've, I've learned to change or to um, reassess. And when you look back at that journey, and I guess looking at how it used to be more judgmental or I would call it judgmental. And then... No, that's a good word. Yeah. And based where you are now, how do you feel about that whole path? How do you feel about you? How do you actually, how do you feel about yourself? Let me put it that way. I feel more humble. Um, I I feel more uh, less entitled in a sense because, you know, it's uh, it's like a rude awakening, right? Of, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you're so lucky to to have all the things that you have and all the opportunities that you had. And, you know, a loving family that supports me and and I include my wife in, in that circle. And just tons of opportunities that came from things that had nothing to do with my skills or knowledge or experience or education. Just a lot of it was um, circumstance. And I'm not saying that I don't work hard, but there's a lot of luck in in success. And so it's humbling. Mm. It sounds, I mean, not to get into all these stereotypical things but it it sounds like you kind of detached your ego from I guess some of these experiences or from some of your success or path in life right so do you think it's possible to then to be a good person and then still be well that's a very leading question but uh how do I detach that do you think what role does the ego play then in being a good person um, it, will, it plays a major role in not allowing you to be a 
good person, I think. When you, and again, you know, I'm, I'm no psychology expert, so I don't even, I can't even start yeah, we're, pretending. We're both just engineers chatting here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, can, I can't pretend to, to know everything there is to know about the ego or the alter ego or whatever, right? But I guess that, that feeling of me, me, me and, and uh, selfishness and narcissism, I don't think that you can be a good person unless you detach yourself from all of that. What was a turning point for you? Because you said you used to argue a lot with your wife or she used to get angry at you and all these things when you would say these things. At what point did, did that start to click or what, what did she say or do? That's a really good question. Uh, so I think the, the turning point or I guess the hardest efforts that I had to do was to, you know, go and explore some not necessarily childhood experiences, but some things that I was taught during my formative years implicitly in the sense that I grew up in South America in this very sheltered bubble of, of I use, I've used the word many times, but of privilege, right? And so, I mean, as you can imagine, the gap between the haves and have-nots in some places of the world is, is gigantic, right? And... I was lucky to grow up in a place where I was part of those that had a lot. And going back to like almost like a checklist of values and fortunes, if, if I can use that word, that tie back to, again, those formative years, and then dig in and asking some tough questions about what that means and where that comes from and what that says about me and my family and, you know, my loved ones and uncles and aunts and cousins that are still there and the type of lives that they lead and the types of life that my wife and I want to lead. And then just going through, like, like I said, a lot of, I guess, hard questions, right. And hard work about, are they good people? And, 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 and like, was I, was it okay? Or sorry, I guess, is it okay for me to justify a lot of these ugly things that I believe or think by, oh, well, that's how things were when I grew up, or that's how things were back home. And so again, drawing, I guess, that distinction of, let, let me rephrase that, putting a lot of work into imagining what the person, what, what type of person I would have been had I not left that bubble was a big waking or sorry like a awakening moment so it does sound like a lot of this came from you internally not so much the outside discussions or this one magical uh, phrase that your wife said or uh well it came internally but but i'd be lying if i said that um my wife challenging me on a lot of those things wasn't a huge catalyst right because it was you know just how both her and I lived very different experiences and, and had very different upbringings was a huge incentive for me to go in and ask those hard questions, right? I don't think I, I would have gone there had I not been challenged by loved ones. Hmm. What also, well, what I like about that, especially by you saying loved ones, is that I don't know, these people around you were patient enough to 
we're patient enough, right? Like full stop, basically, to yeah. have these conversations with you, to not just be like, you know, I give up. <laughs> and we're there to have, you know, to, yeah, I guess exactly that, to slowly have these conversations and again and again, because it's not a one-time thing. Totally. And patience is that, I'm glad you bring that up because it, it requires um, a healthy dose of patience to deal with me <laughs> at times. I think so. it requires a healthy dose of patience to be with oneself at the best of times as well. Well said. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, we're, all, uh, we're all works in progress. And then do you find that there's a difference in being a good person professionally versus personally? Or is it all just interlinked? And that's, that's, um, that's a great question that I, I don't have an answer for. I think a lot about that in the sense of, you know, professionally, I work in the private sector in a place where we have to be accountable to shareholders and, you know, drive profit and, and earnings per share and dividends. And so it's like this constant expectation for growth and growth, like financial growth. Sometimes I find at odds with what I believe means to be a good person full stop right and then it's literally a a constant work of trying to find that balance right like hey what are the parts of or, or what impact can i have in whether it's in the organization that i work with in or just capitalist society in general like what value can i bring that holds all of these core tenets, like, you know, sustainability and the environment and social responsibility uh, and inclusion and diversity and just all of the different things that make society better. So again, finding that in the professional world is key to me because I wouldn't be able to reconcile personal life and professional life if I didn't have that. So I think you listed the list of values, right? Uh, you know, the sustainability, inclusion, uh, just a couple of others. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that they were all linked <laughs> to something that was more than you or more than that was outside of you, right? They're, they're values that are outward facing mm. rather than selfish, I guess the right word, or individualistic. How would you say that that then relates to being good? You know, at the risk of oversimplifying, you can't say that you're a good person unless you're actively doing efforts to make sure that everybody is being treated like good no not not being treated like good people but being treated like or let me rephrase that I, I think that unless we can't all be living fruitful and happy lives if there's a group of people that are being ignored or marginalized or victimized or profited from because then you're not being a good person, right? If, if, if then you're just fooling yourself. If you think you're a good person and 
there's a group of people that are being seen as less than people, you know, that, that, that's, that's just, um, that's at odds with what our purpose in life should be, which is, you know, leaving this planet a little better than how we found it. Maybe I'm opening up a can of worms, but how far does that extend, especially in today's age of like full globalization, right? Where our shirts are made by who knows who and oh, man. all of these things. So how far does that go then into then being a good person? Oh, it, it goes, okay, I'm, I'm, it's funny you, you brought up the shirt example because uh, I think this week I was trying to find, you know, I went to buy sneakers and I was trying to find, you know, a sneaker manufacturer that, uh, man, that made their sneakers ethically. And it was imp- an impossible task, <laughs> right? And so my wife and I started talking about the whole concept mm-hmm. of like, you know, fast fashion versus slow fashion and, you know, recycling and upcycling clothing and all of these, like, it's a whole other field of expertise that is just a very small portion of this larger picture of, of um, you know, leaving the planet in a better shape than we found it. Um, and so you're right, it's, it's really hard, like, you know, I didn't buy sneakers and I won't buy sneakers in a while because it just goes against my, my beliefs of being a good person. So that is not to say that I'm, you know, I'm never ever buying sneakers again, but uh, um, maybe I'll get a pair of, of lightly used sneakers. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or maybe I'll go to this, I'll go to the thrift store and, and, and find something that didn't, victimize a, a child worker in a you know in Southeast Asia this ties in maybe we'll say this for a second follow-up uh, chat one day but this goes into doing work right it takes a lot of effort to I mm-hmm. from the whole spectrum now that I think about it right so from examining your own values to seeing where these came from to making a decision which direction you want to move in to then having these tough conversations with yourself and with others and it even then comes down into very manual work of doing this research for, for example, ethically sourced brands or products. Um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't come naturally, it seems like. It's an upward battle. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like this, um, you know, I, there was this podcast that I heard recently about, um, you know, the, the discipline pursuit for more, um, how we're always, like, pursuing or wanting more, um, that's not sustainable, right? And it should be more about the disciplined pursuit for less and, and not necessarily like from a minimalist standpoint, but more like an essentialist standpoint, right? Like what is essential to you? Um, is it making, you know, a, is it a getting 20% races every year and, and, hitting a, you know, mid to high six figure salary. And um, is that really where purpose comes from, right? And, and where happiness is found. And so you're right, it's a whole other, what does doing the work towards that purpose is, or what does that mean? 
I don't think there's any easy answer at that point though, right? <laughs> and I think it actually depends for each of us, right? Because it, it depends how much sphere of influence we have, right? And part of, I think, what it means for each person to be a good person is simply just looking at their own circumstance and then seeing what they can impact. And like you said, to spread awareness, but that'll be different for you. It'll be different for me. It'll be different for another friend of ours, right? Yeah. Um, which as it should be, because then we cover all those bases. I think if we all focused on one thing, it, it wouldn't really work that well. Which then to me also means that I think as long as you are, I like that idea of spreading awareness and the empathy uh, and keeping all that in mind and doing the work. If you're doing the work in the way that you can in a certain region, it's impossible to cover all the all the territories, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it sounds a little idealistic in the sense that, you know, there's people that just, don't want to, right? Um, well, or they want to chase that, the mid to high salaries and the more and the more and the more. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's people that just um, don't care, right? Uh, um, you know, I had, I think I told you uh, the story about how we recently moved and, um, you know, talking to the neighbor with whom we share a, a building. Um, and like some of this stuff that, that, he says about uh, minorities and, and um, you know, things that he says that are just completely like xenophobic and, and homophobic and just ugly stuff. And, and you know, I, I try to start a dialogue, right? Start a conversation. And then quickly you hit a wall because you realize that man, there's so much there, whether it's tied to, you know, childhood trauma or, um, you know, denial or whatever that is, that it's like, okay, that that's not something that I or anybody else is going to change. Like you almost have to go into this, you know, deep programming of like cult-like thinking, mm-hmm. which is again and just a whole other conversation right so i have, yeah, crazy... I have a whole other conversation about that yeah um may i be happy to talk about that on our doing the work portion i think so um let's bookmark that and and yeah yeah uh, your tag it because for me um yeah you know what is i think it's too big for me i think that's uh, that's like my main motivation um for kind of getting involved in a lot of this kind of discussions or coaching and I, stuff like that. I'd so, love to talk about that with you, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that'll be our next question then <laughs> and, and we'll lead into that, but it's a, it's a big thing for me. Um, but even then going back to that story really quickly, it's funny because when you said at the beginning, being a good person was really um, or largely related to upping empathy. I wasn't too sold actually. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, mm. I can see how empathy is a component. But even through that story, like it is a big deal, right? And a lot of what we're seeing in this day and age, I mean, right, the the Trump election just finished and we can see the results of 70 million people voted. Um, And I'm not going to get into any of my views here, more or less. Um, But there's a huge lack of empathy in any of the discourse or in the dialogue. Um, And I actually do see it as like a, at least a very, very big cornerstone in becoming a good person. Um, and then you need to be able to lift that stone and walk with it. So I think that's the work part that we can reach into. Yeah, but I'll agree, with, I'll agree with you. It's not the only thing. Right? It's not even the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's an important thing to me. Um, but you're right. It, there's 
a lot more than just empathy. Yeah. I, it's always a mesh, right? So like doing empathy without self-awareness or without questioning yourself won't get you that far mm-hmm. either. I mean, right. they, they all need to be done. Um, yeah, hand in hand kind of as you go. Um, I don't know. So I'm just kind of conscious of the time, um, but I want to see if we can kind of put like a nice bow around this, right? And I guess what would you tell your past self about either where you are now or advice about being a good person? That's a really good question. Um, I would say to my past self, um, you know, whenever you feel too sure about something, uh, go dig in deeper and, and, you know, play devil's advocate with yourself almost. Mm. Um, Because I found that um, some of the biggest aha moments that I've had were always tied to something that I felt super strongly about. And then I really thought that that was the way, right? That that was right. Um, and so I told my past self, I was like, hey man, Diego, that's a flag, <laughs> right? If, if you feel too strongly about something, not strongly, um, let me rephrase that. If, if, you, if you're convinced that you're right about something, that's a flag. Mm. And so, you know, look, Look for the other perspective. That would be my, my suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Martin. No, man, I, I, so by the way, I didn't even notice when you started recording this. So kudos to you for making this a very natural conversation um it's it's always a i always learn something when we talk uh, and and i i appreciate that but yeah man i think it's uh it's not either one of us as individuals that's going to change the world right i think it's uh it's um collective effort yeah that's the exact words that came into my mind, but I think each and every one of us still needs to, I, I don't want to say act like we have to do it alone, but I think take the responsibility that we need to act individually as well. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Without taking all that pressure, but yeah. No, we'll, we'll say. I, I think the danger is that if, if I feel that someone else is going to do it, I'm not going to do anything about it. Um, while now, like I tend to be a little bit naturally lazy. <laughs> so... I, I do feel like we all have a cause in this and I'll do what I can in the way that I can within a reasonable limit. Um, and I, I would be curious, uh, I would say this is a little bit more definitely off books now, but I would actually be curious to talk a little bit more about like the social responsibility about like, for example, clothes or these products that we do and like, how far does that go? Because I think unfortunately in this day and age, like one to completely afford a sustainable lifestyle is outside of most people's means, right? Or, sorry, sustain, well, a sustainable and ethical lifestyle is a little bit outside of our means, right? Yeah, and, and I think you're right. And it's almost like this coming to terms with the fact that if, if we all want to have a sustainable life, for, when I say all, I mean the whole planet, there's, there's, gonna, there's a lot of things that, you know, you and I will have to give up, right? There are a lot of luxuries and things that we take for granted that just cannot sustain we would need, you know, like 
four or five planters if we wanted everybody to live the way that even then it wouldn't be enough right at some point it'll just keep going great well i really appreciate you taking the time and also just showing up and chatting and being you and sharing your stories thank you thanks martin